Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Day three of each test match. Now, keep in mind that Brisbane didn't go to day three. Todd Greenberg joins me, the Chief Executive of the Australian Cricketers Association. Todd, great to see you face-to-face. And you, a bit cooler than yesterday, that's for sure, so it's a little bit nicer. What did you think of Dave Warner's feats yesterday? I just had a grin from ear to ear all day yesterday. I was so pleased for him. Um, You know, clearly he's had a few difficult weeks. The last time you and I spoke, we talked about uh, the leadership issue for him, and you know that took a chunk out of him. There's no doubt about that. Um, anyone who has to go through it publicly, it's hard, um, and that affected him. Um, but uh, you know, seeing him score those runs on his hundredth um, yesterday was superb, and I was really proud of him. I think all Australians are proud of him. Would you say you've got to know him well in your time yeah. in this position? Yeah, the last 12 months, I've got to know him well. Um, you know, like a lot of athletes, footballers, cricketers, uh, a lot of them are misunderstood. Um, their public perception is nothing like the way they are personally and privately. So I've got to know David and his wife and family, and um, I've got a lot of time for David. Um, I think he cares so deeply about his teammates. That's one thing that I got to know, particularly when I was in Pakistan. I spent a lot of time with him there. Um, uh, I know how much he loves his golf out of, after being with him in Pakistan for a period of time, but... He's a genuinely good person um, and he's t- he cares about his teammates and um, that's shone through in my conversations with him. Um, so to see him do what he did yesterday uh, on a big occasion was awesome um, and to see the way he was received here by the crowd yesterday also was, was I, I think, a, a, a symbol of, of who he is. So I was, I was really pleased for him. It was a great day. Do you, hope and, do you hope that it softens a few hardened hearts towards him? Yeah, look, in some respects, what I've, what I've seen over years, as I said, with all athletes is you may not change some people's perceptions of who they are, but it sort of doesn't really matter. Um, he will polarise people, uh, and that's OK. But those who know him and support him uh, will be those closest to him. Um, so I think he, he just continues to be who he is, and if those who want to judge him from the outside will do that, that's fine. Um, that happens in normal life with most people who have a profile. But the person I've got to know is a high-quality person who cares a lot, um, cares deeply about the sport. And to see him do well yesterday in such a milestone occasion was wonderful. So I was really pleased for him. And I was pleased with his, for his family, who a lot of them were here yesterday watching live. Do you share his sense that he just hasn't had any support from essentially his employer, Cricket Australia, through uh, through the most difficult times of his career? Well, I know that's how he feels. Um, and so if that's how he feels, then we need to make sure we do provide plenty of support for him. And that's probably why I was disappointed on the, the leadership issue a couple of weeks ago that we spoke about because I thought that was an opportunity to, to mend a lot of broken fences um, and also sort of as an opportunity for him to be able to contribute more broadly to the game. Anyway, sometimes you, you don't win them all, so that's the way it is. We've moved on. We were kicking around yesterday. Todd, you might know the answer to this. Is there an extreme heat policy in Test cricket? Um, that's a good question. I was thinking about that yesterday. I was wondering if there was an extreme heat policy for the crowd yesterday yes. because the people sitting over across the other side there who literally pay their hard-earned to sit there and watch Test cricket all day in the sun, they're the people you want to go around and shake their hands and say, well done, thanks for coming. Because that's a phenomenal performance. I don't know how they get through at the end of the day as well. So, um, look, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. 
But if there isn't, we probably should be talking about it because it's in tennis and lots of other sports. Um, and they were extreme conditions yesterday. Um, you know, David looked in great distress at the end of that period of time. So if it's not in, we probably should be talking about it. And the other one was and the flying fox colliding with a player. Yeah. Now, that is, that's, that is a player issue. Yeah, it is. I saw that happen live, actually. I was sitting um, just out the front of one of the rooms and I saw it happen live. And when he went down, I, I was genuinely concerned um, that it actually hit him on the side of the head, which it didn't. But it did knock him off his feet. And that would be very disconcerting for a player on a field where your only focus is on the ball um, and on your job. So it's obviously a technical error. It's obviously a human error, obviously, for the person operating it. But that's something that we can't, we can't see happen again. That, that's not good for the game. It's not good for the players. Is there a sort of a formal follow-up to that? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah I have spoken to um, CA about that. And I have talk, spoken to the broadcasters who I understand have formalised some things so that won't happen again. But, um, yeah, clearly it's an error that shouldn't happen and won't happen again. We all sit here awaiting news on the TV deal, and I think it's always a good read when the owner of a publication is printing that they're probably not getting the rights. Are you waiting on formal notification that Fox and Seven will be the the continuing broadcasters of the game? Yeah, I'm a bit like you. I'm sort of on slightly on the outside, but have a, a great interest in the outcome, um, as the players will, because you know we're in a model where we're partners in the game and, and we share the spoils, um, good, bad and indifferent. So um, the one thing I'm pleased about is there's competitive tension in the process. Um, so people obviously are very keen for the rights, whether they are the incumbents or others. That's got to be a good thing. So... Look, I'm hoping the deal is wrapped up soon. Uh, I'm sure that the speculation is not ideal for everybody, but uh, competitive tension is a good thing, and um, ultimately we want to ensure that domestically the game is really strong here for us to be able to compete globally. And that's the thing that we've made uh, very well known to Cricket Australia uh, in our discussions is players have significant choice in the modern era. We've seen that with Cameron Green recently. Yeah. So, so domestic deals like this one are fundamentally important because we've got to ensure the revenue streams are strong here domestically for our Australian players to ensure they stay playing the format of cricket here locally. That's very important for not this this period of time, but the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Are you expecting a reduction in the the number of BBL games? We're open to that discussion. Um, I've always maintained that scarcity is a good thing for Australian cricket and there, there might be... Probably globally, if you look at the schedule, there's too much cricket um, and it's hard for the fan to understand how that cricket is structured. So if there is a reduction to come, we wouldn't be against that. Um, in saying that, though, you want to make sure the yield on each game is significantly strong. So um, I'm not sure if that will be the outcome. If it's not the outcome, we'll deal with it. But if it is, we're certainly supportive of, of trying to make sure we've got um, a condensed version of a, of a schedule that's better, better understood. Is... Do you feel like the likelihood is that the rise in the television rights is not going to keep pace with what cricket has done and with what the two winter codes in particular have done, that this is going to be a marginal rise if there's a rise? Well, that, that's certainly what the commentary looks like. That's certainly what I'm reading, what you're reading. Um, maybe that's uh, fueled a little bit by those who are bidding, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, so sometimes I'm always a little cautious to read that. But, well, you've um, lived that firsthand, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, so. the, the public narrative is sometimes addressed by those who are bidding, so who knows? Um, I'd, I, hope, I hope we get a good outcome. Uh, the players deserve a good outcome, um, and I've consistently said the players, as being partners in the game, are not walking into negotiations saying things like, this is what we want. We're walking in saying, what do you need us to do? What, what do the players need to do in order for us to drive partnerships like with our broadcasters and other investors to ensure the game's strong. And 
you know, David Warner being mic'd up on his 100th test is giving access to broadcasters that 10 or 15 years ago would never have happened. Um, so what's next? What else do we need to do? What else do the players need to lean in and positively engage with in order to get better outcomes? That, that, that's really our role in this. Of course, we need to play great cricket and provide great entertainment. But what are the other things that players and athletes can do to increase the yield and, and make better outcomes? The Cam Green case study, I think, is the most interesting so far that yep. uh, Australian cricket has had. So the, the great prospect who's been, he's been given a tremendous apprenticeship, I think. I'm going to have a guess that his, that his contract is somewhere around half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And then an IPL franchise swings in with $3.15 million. And the... Is there a natural tension that is developing on that front? Is that going to be the reality in the future? How do you take it in? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, that's a life-changing moment for Cameron, isn't it? Um, Imagine how he felt sitting there watching that auction live with his family. I mean, he's young, um, he's developing, he's not the best version of himself, he's not the finished product yet. Um, but to see that, that is literally life-changing. And that's the great thing about cricket. It's got a global reach and global opportunities for our players here. In saying that, though, there is no doubt competitive tension coming um, with those types of offers available for our best players. And I'm hoping they're not mutually exclusive too, so that we can still ensure Cameron plays here and plays for his country and wants to play test cricket and white ball cricket for his country, but can also enjoy the spoils of those opportunities in other leagues. Um, That's getting harder and harder. And it's getting harder and harder for a player, we go back to David Warner, uh, to play three formats of the game. I, I think in the next five to ten years, it will be literally impossible for an Australian player to play all three formats in every, every way. It just, it's not physically possible, it's also not mentally possible. Um, so there's going to have to be a, a choice. And we've got to make sure we find the balance between ensuring Test cricket and Red Bull cricket remain strong and thrives whilst players can also enjoy the remuneration like Cameron has through an IPL contract. So do the, in the long term, will the contracts at Cricket Australia need to be significantly more to, to earn the loyalty mm. of the player? Yeah, well, I think in any vocation, yours, mine or others, um, people are fundamentally uh, looking at their remuneration levels, as they should be. And it's more heightened in professional sport because at the end of the day, they only play for a very small period of time and things like form or injuries can curtail a career before it starts. So none of us should begrudge a player to earn as much as they can in that short period of time. So yes, we have to make sure that the revenues are strong domestically so we can compete globally. Because let's face it, if, if you're in New Zealand right now, those players have already made those choices. There's not enough revenue in the domestic game in New Zealand. So all of those players are foregoing test cricket to take other opportunities. We're not at that point, And I hope we don't get to that point. Um, and that's why deals like we're talking about now, the TV deal is so fundamentally important. Yes, it'll be... If Australian cricket had a figure... And I think about Harry Kuehl, so club mm. versus country, and yep. club would win out for a period of time, and the yep. country held it against him. Yep. No one could hold it against Cam Green. He's not the right example because he's not yeah. that. But, but if he no, said no. now, do you know what? As my loyalties have to be to the mm. Mumbai Indians because it's $3.15 million. Mm. And how could you possibly sit here and begrudge him that? So I'm probably talking the player of the next generation, next generation rather yeah. than it him. It might not happen in our lifetime. But um, uh, I think you're right. It, it's, it is a challenge. There's no doubt it'll be a challenge. And um, 
you know, we can either walk away from that challenge or we can walk into the challenge. And I much prefer to walk into that challenge and figure out how we can make sure that Cameron Green gets both. Um, and at the moment, that's exactly the case. Uh, but we can't take it for granted because if we don't have that domestic deal here and we don't have lots of opportunities for players to be retained here, um, then we will start to lose that struggle. Currently, we are enjoying both, um, but we can't take that for granted. What do you think of a two-day test match? Um, look, part of me really enjoyed the, the concept that the ball won over the bat yep. because for too long the bat has won over the ball. Um, but I would like to have seen it go three or four days, to be fair. Um, so I'm mindful that they were two of the best bowling attacks in world cricket uh, on a wicket that was very conducive to them. So um, I did think, though, that the teams weren't as far apart as maybe the score indicated and the innings of Travis Head probably was the differentiator between both sides. Um, so not great for Test cricket. Um, hopefully it's a one-off. How do you see Test cricket right now? I did read a few comments that you made yesterday. Mm. Look, I have a concern that um, the three big nations in Australia and New England are getting stronger and the other nations aren't staying with them. And whilst we all want to sit here at the MCG and watch Australia win... We also want to make sure we've got competitive tension with the other nations. So, you know, we need to help the West Indies. We need to help South Africa. Um, we need to help Pakistan. Um, and when I say help, I'm, I'm not 100% sure how we help, where the ICC's role in that is. Um, but more countries being competitive in Red Bull cricket will be good for Australian cricket. And so in a leadership sense, uh, I'm not sure if the ICC are doing that. Um, the ICC's role is... What I've been told is, is more servicing its members. So there needs to be a global strategy to ensure that we've got more competitive tension in Red Bull cricket. Um, and that won't happen by chance. It won't happen because you and I want it to. Yeah. It happens because we'll have to invest heavily and we might have to think differently in the future about how we make sure that those countries are strong. I, I'd love to see the West Indies here, but I was saddened to see the type of cricket they played. Um, and I'm just being brutally honest there because when I was a kid, the West Indies were the preeminent side that we watched. And they're not currently like that now. But we want them to be that. And they're back here next summer. They and are. That, that's, yeah. that's an unenviable task, selling those test matches, yeah. I think. And, um, you know, some people listening to this will say, well, that's not our job. That's not Australian cricket's job to worry about the West Indies. But part of me thinks that if we're going to take a leadership role, it should be part of our remit to think about how we can help them. Because we want them strong. Then we want them to come here and we want to beat them. But we want to beat them in a contest. Yeah. Are your players willing to entertain us on Christmas night, Todd, and save us from the Griswolds? <laughs> well, I watched the Griswolds this year, so that's, that's an annual thing for my family. Look, the short answer is yes, they are. They're open to it. Um, but like anyone, if I looked around this box now and said, who wants to work on Christmas Day? Uh, there's not too many people putting their hand up. Um, if we were to do it, I think it would have to have some conditions like if you're going to do it, you'd have to be in a derby. So you'd have to be in like a Sydney or a Melbourne derby where the teams don't have to travel. Um, so you'd limit those sorts of things. But, it, but in short, are we jumping up and down saying we want to play on Christmas Day? No. Um, if we think that it will add significant value and we think it would be beneficial for the game, we're open for that discussion. So we haven't closed the door, but I, I think you'd have to look at it carefully. Yeah, so that, the NBLs was successful. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. No 7,000 people went great. Yeah, and absolutely. the television ratings were excellent. Yeah, and the reality is also, you know... It, if you play on Christmas night, it's, it's actually the day of the games. Um, it's the day before the game, the preparation. So 
you have to look at it in total and you have to look at then what happens on the following day. But a game on Christmas night at sort of 7 o'clock at night, I think would rate it rate unbelievably strongly. So, you know, if that's something that's of value and the players can play a part in that, we're open to that conversation. I don't think it would work having to travel all across the country, but I think there are some nuances we could do that could make that work. Do you think it'll be next year? Don't know. Um, I'm not sure. It's a conversation I haven't had directly. Um, but, again, we'd be open for it. But, you know, again, I don't really... You don't, you don't want to work Christmas night. Um, I'm sure many don't. But we understand that we're in a different environment. We're, what business are we in? We're in the entertainment business. So if that means working on Christmas night, then let's have the conversation. Todd, it's good to see you. Thanks a lot and catch up in Sydney. Pleasure. Thanks for having me.